Welcome to the show. Uh, this is another special uh, COVID-19 edition, I guess you could say, as we're recording during this pandemic. Uh, we thought we'd just keep it a little light uh, this episode, just, you know, anyone who's looking for a break uh, in their day and just to get their minds off of everything. So today I have on a friend of mine. Uh, let's welcome cinematographer Ruben Contreras. Hey, David. How you doing, man? I'm good. So I'm going to reveal what this special episode is. Uh, this episode, which is based, I'll just give a little context. You and I have known each other for a bit through filmmaking stuff, and you've worked with my wife and myself on different things. Uh, and so it's been actually kind of cool to see you go from uh, film school to like being on a lot of professional projects and like having all these crazy credits. Um, so that's awesome. But during that time, we discovered that we both just like music for the sake of liking music. And we have similar kind of tastes uh, in, in music. So we thought, I thought that it'd be fun for us to uh, publicly reveal uh, the best song we love that we never talk about to anybody. And we keep it to ourselves. I thought it'd be in the spirit of the show, but also in a fun way to kind of talk about you know songs we love because i think everyone has a song they really enjoy that they just never will tell anyone about <laughs> yeah i love this idea man I, I i was really excited when you when you approached me with it uh awesome man so you know i think because you're the guest i think you should you know be the cleanup hitter and close out out the the the, the episode and I'll, I'll take the first shot at this um so and just for extra context for the audience who may be listening by the way we're all over the world now i don't even know how <laughs> uh ruben and i have a general like of popular music uh so it we the interests cross a lot of genres so to pick one song i never talk about will be interesting because it could be totally out of nowhere or maybe not. I don't know. Like, who knows? I, maybe you're like, oh, that's not a sh shocker. But um, so I'll play a little bit of the song for the audience to get a little familiar. And then uh, we'll come back and I'll talk about kind of its significance to me and why I don't talk about it. So and both of it, by the way, you and I have not revealed our songs to each other. Correct. I have no idea what you're about to play. And we've been planning this for like months. <laughs> Well, it just happened that, you know, because of the pandemic, you can't be on set right now. So the song I'm about to play for you uh, is the song Seasons of Love from the Broadway play Rent. Yes. Ah, uh, yes. 525,600 minutes. 525,000 moments, oh dear. 
So Ruben, uh, quick thoughts on my choice of Rent's Season of Love. God, that song hits so hard, man. It's it's so good. And to start off a movie that way of just like um, such a huge piece, just a huge like vocal piece. Um, and the song by itself is so good. I, I started already tearing up just from listening to it. Um, it's so powerful. So I'm super excited that you chose that song, man. Oh, thanks. So yeah, I guess I should uh, explain myself uh, and, and talk about kind of the reason behind it. Uh, yeah, so for sure, this is a song I don't bring up at all and don't talk about. Uh, I think part of it, there's a, probably a lot of different layers um, that I'll kind of get into, but one, uh, I never, the, I think having time to think about it because we've been planning this episode for months um, prior to the pandemic was that um, I never felt I owned the song I felt it was someone else's song. Like I, I first discovered it because uh, my college uh, dorm neighbor who was a hip hop head, uh, shout out to Mike, if you're ever listening to this, uh, one day just randomly was blasting Rent, Seasons of Love. And I was like so thrown off. I was like, why are you doing this? What What is, what? And then I, and then I, and then I heard it and I was like, oh, I really like this song a lot. And then that made me kind of discover the play and then like, then they had a whole different context to me and it kind of opened up my eyes in a lot of ways too. Cause I grew up in a more conservative environment. And so I didn't even know the play was about like people, young people living with friends with HIV and like same sex relationships and all this kind of stuff. So like, it was kind of like a opening a door to like new worlds and new ideas and people. And I really liked the song a lot and then made me like the play and, the story and the play too. Uh, and for a long time, it was like the only Broadway show I knew of because of this one song. Um, but yeah, I always kind of kept it close to, to the vest. I don't, I think cause I didn't feel like it was mine, I guess. Like I felt like I was a poser. Because you weren't like part of like the musical world. Yeah. 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 I don't know why. Like it was like a, a personal hangup of mine. Like I didn't feel like I was a part of Broadway or the musical life yet. I really liked this song a lot, you know, and, uh, it, it's, uh, and now like it's been carried with me and to this day and, uh, and I'll, I'll tell like one little ending story to it, but you know, I feel like what a appropriate song for this, this current pandemic that we're in because it's about time and love and you know it's like the answer to a math problem i never knew the answer to which is how many minutes are there in a year and uh it's 525,600 uh but you know we have a lot of time a lot of people do during this pandemic cuz we're homebound for many of us and you know uh what better message than uh knowing that there's love out there to be had despite you know, whatever, uh, life situation that you're dealing with. Um, but yeah, the song is like really simple. And like, I was going to do like some song analysis, but the lyrics are very like clear, you know, it's not like a, like a high art. I don't understand what's happening. I got to listen to it 80 billion times to kind of get the, the, the poetry of it all. But it's really just, it's literally like, uh, you know, they ask you questions, right? How do you, how, I'll go through the questions for you. 
the key questions at the end of every verse, right? How do you measure measure a year? That's first verse. Second year, how do you measure a year in the life? And then the next verse, which is like the chorus, how about love? Beautiful. Just straight up. Yeah, that's that's fantastic. I think what it allows is that the performers to just uh, to straight kill it. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's like it's like a simple. There's like not a lot going on. I, I I'm not like a musician or like a musical like a, like a genius or anything like that. I've never studied it. Um, so like, I'm sure someone's gonna be like, I'm wrong, but it, it seems fairly straight ahead. And, um, but I think it allows the performers to, to inject themselves into it. And I think that's what I'm reacting to is like, like Tracy Toms like kills this song. She demolishes this song, right? And it's like, um, she just belts and throws everything herself into it. Um, and I feel that. And even though the lyrics are very straight ahead, it's like there's something behind her voice that's 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 getting to me, to getting inside of me. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, and also like in in a way, now that we're kind of di- dissecting it, like musicologists, though, I think that's part of the fun because we're not, and so like music is just actually just fun for us. Like we're not watching a movie and totally dissecting it because we both work in that field. Uh, but it's kind of a challenge, right? Like those main questions, right? How do you measure time? How do you measure life? And then they give you like kind of a rhetorical question of, well, how about love? Why don't you measure it that way? And it kind of uh, forces you to think about like your perspectives on time and what you spend your waking hours thinking of and, well, what if you just incorporate more love into your your daily ritual? How will that, uh, you know, affect you? How will that make things positive? Like it's kind of interesting of like a call to, hey, why don't you take a look at yourself in the mirror and see, you know, uh, w- what time it is? I so I suppose. I feel that I super feel that, and I think especially because um, we're both in like the film industry. I think. Um, success and achievement is something that you can like write down on a piece of paper or like what your resume is or what your reel is. Um, and I think that's how we put value on ourselves a lot. It's just a trap that, that we fall into a lot. Um, and I think this is like, the song is like definitely hitting that point where it's like, you can measure it in these, in these quote unquote achievements but there's like a whole other metric that we can use that we should be using maybe, or things that we can put inject into our lives. Um, that's like, that's not as tangible, but equally as valid or more so. Right. Yeah, exactly. Um, and so, uh, so I said, I, I promised to tell like the closing story to why I never talk about this uh, song, which I will do before we go into the main event, which is your choice. Uh, but the, a major reason why I don't talk about this song is because uh, I took someone out on a date to this musical <laughs> be- before I met my wife. And uh, I don't know. I just like, I always, obviously I met my wife like, you know, a little bit later in my life. So we both didn't know each other existed. So, so like, you know, I was 
I was dating someone and I took her to this musical because I didn't know of other any other musicals and I really liked the song. No, that's fair. That's yeah. super fair. How, how did you, how was, how did you enjoy going to that musical? How was that experience? I, you know, what's funny is I, I don't really remember because I try to block out every person that ever existed prior to my wife. <laughs> I regardless of like the date like how was your experience like with like your relationship with this musical oh I now I should say I forgot to say I I did go to this musical before that date with just uh friends so it was all platonic it was just someone had an extra ticket and I was like oh sure I'll go like and it wasn't like I ever talked about rent with them or anything but we just I was like sure I'll tag along and yeah, I really, yeah, that's that, that when that song hits, like every time I was like, yes, I get to hear it live. I'm hearing like, you know, eight people sing it on stage. Like it's harmonious and, you know, it just gets you. Uh, so I enjoyed that uh, performance with friends. The, uh, the date I went on, I don't really remember. And it's probably selective memory and like trying to forget a life prior to my wife shout out to my wife uh for being in my life i have a question for you man the um because musicals um are like they aren't seen as like masculine yeah did you did you like is, was that something that that played with you in like admitting that like that you like this song? I, you know what, that's a really good question, uh, and I think there's probably some truth to that for me that I definitely had like a machismo uh, uh, element of like not admitting that you like the song. Now I have numerously numerous times publicly admitted that i love boy band music and i've never shied away from it and i've always owned up to it but i think in the case of like boy band stuff people can play it off as like you like it ironically like ah you don't really like it you're just like goofing around and of course those songs are fun to sing at karaoke because they're you know very just easy to sing as groups so i think they're sort of like a cover right but in this case, right, like a musical Broadway rent, it's actually about kind of serious themes. Uh, you know, yeah, maybe there's like the whole like, oh, I don't want to be seen as like non-masculine or something. But um, certainly those days are long gone. And I, I, could, <laughs> I could care less. Yeah, but certainly in my, my 20s, that I'm sure that was like part of keeping it a secret. Especially like, um, especially if like you're like, you're a hip hop head, which is like, depending on like what hip hop you're listening to us, like, like classic or like stereotypical masculinity, like turned up to 11, right? Yeah. And then shout out again to your, to your friend, Mike, who was like blasting hip hop. And then he was like, now nah, we're going to turn on this, this musical and, and blast that as well. That's, that's a huge, that's a, that's surprising, man. That's, that's exciting to hear. Yeah, no, I mean, he, that, that the moment threw me, and I remember it because I was, like, caught off guard because, right, it, it, you know, it sort of defied 
prevailing, you know, masculine tropes uh, at the time, which I feel like now aren't as strong. Uh, but they're still there. It's not that they're not there, but there's more like openness to masculine emotions. Um, so yeah, that's my <laughs> that's my choice. I'm excited for the grand finale for a man who has a great eclectic taste in music, but we mostly talk about pop music. So I'm very excited to hear what you're about to select as the best song you never talk about to anybody. Dope. Um, I chose, I did, I did go the pop route because I think um, besides you, I don't really talk about this. Um, and it's like, I'm so glad that I found you for multiple reasons, but one, and like for, for this very specific reason of that we, we share our pop tastes. Um, and so I chose a song, it's called Backseat, and it's by Charlie XCX, featuring Carly Rae Jepsen. <laughs> so I, I, had, I, had, I had to throw in Carly Rae Jepsen in there. Um, I'm a fan of Carly Rae Jepsen, as you know. That I do know, yes, I do know that. We've talked a lot about that. Um, yeah, shout out to Carly. Huge shout out to Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, I I think we could talk about that, but let's 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 hop into the song. Why don't yeah we'll we'll play a little bit for the listeners at home just so they gain a taste and if they really like the song they can go look it up um, on any sort of musical account or website. Um, yeah, check it out. It's a dope song. Cool. I, I, I didn't know that song. I, I know the artist. I know both of those artists, uh, Charlie XCS and the beloved Carly Rae Jepsen. But <laughs> yeah. what are you, uh, what what are your like your? This is your first time hearing it. What are like your? What's going in your on in your head? Well, I guess like okay. So I'll I'll, I'll give a little uh, quick context if I haven't already. But you you touched on it a little bit, which is that yes, we somehow discovered we both like pop music. Uh, and, and so, yeah, for you to pick this, uh, is it's surprising, not surprising to me because I knew that you had this interest in pop music that you and I talk about, but I don't know how much you talk about it with other people. So I know that, it, that it's there. So it's not like super left field. Um, uh, but I didn't know this track at all. Uh, and it, yeah, I, I mean, I, it's like, it combines so many poppy things, which I think you can kind of get into your, in your, your analysis of the song, but you know, like Carly Rae Jepsen's music, which we do talk about quite a bit is not quite this like electronic, you know what I mean? Or, or this, uh, it's a little bit more, I don't know how to say it. It's, it's just not quite the style. Yeah. This, this is a pretty intense song. Man. <laughs> this is like a lot of production value, even some auto tune and, all that kind of stuff. So, uh, yeah, I'm curious to hear why you chose to 
never talk about the song with anybody. <laughs> I think um, besides you, man, I don't, I don't, I don't really talk about my um, my like for pop music um, because I think it's like the connotation of pop music. Like you mentioned earlier, that like you liking um, boy bands and people can dismiss it as liking it ironically, but you and I both don't like it ironically we genuinely like it um but people have i think have a hard time with it because it's seen as like just like a commercial lowest common denominator like adolescent um like an immature type of thing and for like two dudes in our 30s that genuinely like it it like there's like a there's a mismatch right of like of what we're supposed to like, or of things that like people assume that we would be that that we're that we're into, um, and so whenever I think about telling people that like I enjoy pop music, I know that like I'm what what I'm afraid of is that they're gonna look at me differently or think of less of me for liking it for genuinely liking it um, because it is like it has a bad rap and people do think it's immature and it's for like teenage girls. Um, but I, so that's why like, I don't talk about it and I'm super glad I do get to talk about it with you. Um, so that's why, that's why I chose this song because I, I don't talk about yeah. this. If I could uh, jump in real quick and just to add further context to, to that too, which like maybe the social pressures you might feel, uh, you know, when most people know you for in, in our world of like films and stuff and cinematography, I would say like people know you to have like pretty high artistic film tastes and you're watching films on like a, a more higher artistic level. Some of the films you like are, would be considered critically acclaimed or even art house or whatever, whatever label you want to put on it. But most of those films are, are it's not like a, you know, Paul Blart Mar- mall cop, right? Like <laughs> you don't talk about those films. You're talking about like hot, like cinema, right? <laughs> right. And so like whenever I'm talking to like my film friends, it's like I, like I said, I do enjoy like, like those, those types of movies. Um, and it's hard to transition from that into Carly Rae Jepsen. You know what I mean? Um, and it's, it's, it's a tough transition conversation wise to make happen. So I don't do it. I, I'm like, oh yeah, like, I don't know, whatever, like, whatever the cool, the cool music is, is like, I'll say that and then um, save face, be the cool kid and then um, move on and hold this like dark secret inside <laughs> um, to never let out until today. Um, I'm, I'm finally able to come out as like, hey, I'm a pop fan and I like Carly Rae Jepsen. Um, but I like, I chose this song specifically because um, whenever I heard it, like I felt it, it, I don't know what I felt, but it made me feel something. Um, I really love songs that that are um, that have imperfect characters or they're imperfect narrators, and they act irrationally based on emotion. Um, and I, this song is that. And I think pop music these days are is sort of like bending in that direction, where they talk about a little bit more of like a real human topic. Because I think. Um, songs where people are going through something and even though they're doing things that are 
wrong or bad, but but because they're human, they do them anyways for like whatever reason. I think that's that's tragically human, and I love that. Um, and this song is definitely that. Um, you mentioned that this song is has like a lot of poppy elements to it. This song is pop turned to eleven. Like there's tropes on top of tropes of pop music in this. But what's interesting is that um, they use these tropes to they turn them on their head, pretty much to use them as like a distraction or um, escapism or instant gratification in fear of being alone. And that's what this whole song is about, is fear of being alone. Um, I'll give examples. Going through, going through the lyrics, there's all these like tropes of um, the first line, I can't escape all the voices, and so I turn it up. Turning it up is like, it goes back to like the 80s, right? Like turning it up, the sound, turning up the music. Um, like you've, hear, you've heard that so many times. Um, going to parties, run through the city at midnight to feel like a star. Like all of these things are like um, classic pop tropes. And um, well, what they use them here for is uh, they use them so that they they're, they're, so they don't feel alone because the alternate is to to be by themselves and and deal with with isolation or not needing other things to be okay with themselves. So even at the at the end of the first verse, the line says, "I want it all, even if it's fake," knowing full well that it's that it's not real, but getting that instant gratification so that they're not alone. That's like for me is so relatable. And I think it's so relatable for a lot of people um, to feel that way. And that's like incredibly human, incredibly human and incredibly honest. And this song is so vulnerable and it's so real, but it's under this pop heading that could be, I feel like sugar-coated, but there's like a huge nugget of truth right in the middle. Um, and that's like, that's why I love this song, you know what I mean? Um, and at the very end of the song, there's like this breakdown where they, the phrase all alone is repeated over and over again. Uh, let me back up actually. On the, in the chorus, let me know if I'm like, make, not making any sense, man. Real quick, I was just gonna say, I feel like you studied musicology in college and you're just like been lying to me this whole time. <laughs> Definitely not. But I think what, what helps is like, like you and I are storytellers, man. And this is like the same thing. This is the exact same thing as like what we do. Um, and, and finding like the human elements in these things is like exactly like, like what we've been doing out here in the industry since since whenever um and it's cool to find these parts of humanity in these in these songs where where people usually don't look for humanity people don't look for human elements where people dismiss it um and i think uh like in the chorus there's a huge nugget of truth in it, it says i'm better off alone and that that's like the the mega truth of this song surrounded by all of this 
distraction molded by this instant gratification. There's this element that's like, I'm better off alone, which is probably like the scariest thing for, for this main character, right? Or for this person. And so at the very end, all alone is repeated over and over again. And it's like, and that's where you talked about it. It's like, it's like super production. It gets broken down. There's like this like industrial music, this like EDM, just like a bunch of noise. And, and for me, that's what All Alone sounds like in the context of the story. And it's opposite of what you would think of being alone, of just like being silenced, a void, a lack of sound. This is just bombardment of just noise and uh, like computer sounds all over the place and all alone gets broken up where it's, it's not even making any sense anymore. And I feel that's like the scariness, the chaos, the um, unknown of being alone. That's what it sounds like is the very end of the song. And I was like, oh, that's, that's amazing. That's, that's amazing. And that's what I attach myself to into this like pop song full of pop tropes is they made me feel what alone sounds like. And I was like, oh God, that's, that's impressive. That's amazing. Blew me away. Uh, that's dope, man. Like that's the, a great analysis of, of this, how the song, you know, is relevant to you. I was going to, I was going to say like, as a follow-up question, you know, you know, you, you moved to Los Angeles to pursue film. Uh, and you do work in the industry, but were there moments kind of earlier in your career where you felt like, I guess the analogy would be like going to a, a crowded party all alone and you don't know anyone. So you feel all alone, but there's all this noise, there's partying, there's drinking, but like you feel so isolated. Um, did you kind of have those moments, uh, I guess in your, like, just, I'm just seeing how like this would, the this, this song would relate to your life. And like, I would could see how you moved here to work. So you had to build up all your network and friends and stuff. Definitely, definitely. I think um, pop life, like the like the tropes and the ideas that that pop sells, is definitely equal to like L.A. Right of like all of these like driving down the one ten at night next to downtown. You know what I mean? Like that's like that gives you a feeling that like of and like going to like um, a party. And of just like, you know, industry people and everyone's like schmoozing. And like, there's like these feelings of like what popularity is or what socializing is. Um, but then there's also like, there's a definitely feeling of isolation of being alone, of not having like a connection with other people um, because everyone's in the industry. You know what I mean? It's, um, it's, there is that, and that fear of being the odd person out where everyone knows each other, everyone has a crew, everyone has like a click, but coming in and not having that, your community, God, that's like scary as hell, especially like being in a, in a huge city. Definitely scary, definitely scary. Um, and that's something like I definitely went through coming into LA. That's a great question, man. Yeah, 100%. Um, so I... Yeah, I think, you know, I think we unintentionally covered many key themes of the pandemic. (laughs) 
definitely this is like i i definitely feel all of these things um especially like being like forced to stay at home and i live by myself and like this is like this is definitely alone right like i chose this song before this pandemic hit um but this definitely feels that the ending part of the song definitely feels like <laughs> what um like the chaos and the unknown and the scariness of of the stay at home like quarantine that's that's definitely it yeah and then just to quickly before i ask my final question just to remix that with my song is that if you're needing to look for a new way to measure time which we all are looking to do why not measure it in love <laughs> it's a great i love it i love that 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 uh i guess it's like a call and response of of how these two songs work together man. yeah i i think carly ray should cover the song and vice versa <laughs> uh, yeah I, I wouldn't i wouldn't hate against that so yeah so you know i like to ask this as a final question and i i, I think i mean you touched on it already but you know how do you feel i guess you kind of revealed to the world that you listen to pop music how do you, how do you feel that that's that's out there now to people who may listen to this? Um, I feel I feel like a big weight has been lifted, um, and I hope that instead of um, what I hope is that other people join. That I hope that like if there's other people that were afraid that were like that were afraid to to come out and love pop music is like be okay with it and um and tell people and um let's talk about it this is fun i i gotta say your analysis of of uh that song uh was crazy insightful (laughs) i was like wow everyone go go uh awesome man i'm glad you i'm glad you liked it um this was a lot of fun and i had i had so much fun um like going through it, listen to the song a billion times, and I encourage all all of uh, all of all of the people out there in Radioland to go check out the song. Um, put on some headphones, turn it up to eleven, jam out. Yeah. So on that note, uh, I want to thank Ruben Contreras, cinematographer and pop music fan, for being on this special pandemic edition of the best story I never told. So everybody, stay safe. Bye. Ready for another episode? Well, check us out at beststoryinevertold.com or also find us on iTunes, Apple Podcasts, or a number of other podcast aggregators. And if you're interested in sponsoring a future episode of this series, please contact us at beststoryinevertold at gmail.com.